When my roommate comes into the room looking for his car keys, I don't say it yet. And when he gets me off the couch to check underneath the couch cushions, I don't say it yet. No. And then when he says out loud, I wonder where my car keys are, I still don't say it. But then he asks me, do you know where my car keys are? I look at him in his face and I say, Have you checked your bottles? Get up, get up, bottles. I have not seen your keys, but since you're asking me, you better check up that bottle. Uh, because I'm not serious, I don't think it's up inside your big brown business. But a funny thing to say to someone who's lost their shit and is stressed out visibly. Where's my phone? Is it up your bottle? I lost my loan. Have you checked up your I'm losing my patience. Where is your class? I just lost my grandma. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Are you capable of not saying she's up my asshole? Of course. My condolences. I'm not looking for a silly joke right now. Yeah, yeah. What are you looking for? Honestly, just like a shoulder to cry. into a shopping cart and sacrifice a loved one cause shit's about to go off. It's time to wake up, bitches! Look into my eyes There is no surprise Everyone is trying to get my friend rise I was saying before the podcast that we were going to touch this I one of my peeves is how much the sun changes my life. Like it's gorgeous out right now I literally feel like a different person. I feel like my best, most realized self just because it's sunny out. I haven't done anything. I just feel more motivated. And I'm like, hmm. I just feel like alive and content and happy. Like I'm really living life the way I'm supposed to simply because living your best life It's simply eh, because like <laughs> there is sun hitting things and things growing. And what it makes me realize even more is that I need uh, to You were leave. controlled by your biology. Yeah, and then I but and then I need to leave Buffalo. In which direction? Uh, the s- southwest, ideally. Everybody loves Texas, but they do. Oh my God, Austin! Everyone's like, you know, going to Austin. Not that's like the oh, number one like South by moved. No, just not that. It's they like to visit it. Buffalo is great, but I ne- okay, good, thank you. <laughs> Buffalo isn't great, but I need to get out of here because I literally am wait. I'm losing half of my life half the year i don't want to live Hmm. half the year in buffalo like it's not so chronic and depressed it's just like i can't do anything in this fucking city i don't want to talk about where i want to move but i I want to move out of a place where i lose half the year to to snow i love la make it into the yeah yeah yeah. i want to move to la and just not do anything in the entertainment industry although la is still cheaper than living in new york or san francisco yeah or like maybe even portland at this point oh god yeah um because la is huge huge compared to those places so um, I'm going to do one more, though. Uh, right. Filmmakers right. who think resolution equals image quality. <laughs> um, yeah, it shoots 4K. Go for it. What do, what do you got? And wait, also, it's... Um, geez, we're, this is a long one. It's a good one, though. should make it multiple episodes, eh, right? I, we can do whatever we want. 
Okay, so I did that one. Um, I had a little note here that I just wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, in ninth grade, uh, Mrs. Kemmer's English class, we uh, oh, were asked I love to, Mrs. Kemmer. Right? Yeah. So she asked us to do like a pet peeve thing, and at the time, oh, like, I, so like, you've already done this. Yeah, I have, I have an essay somewhere in a folder at my mom's house uh, that contains like all of my work from school. In terms of pet peeves, I didn't know what to write about because like when you're in your present state of mind, or at least young dumb, yeah. I'm like nothing bothers me. So I had you're to come up too, with something. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. like it's like okay, yeah, the future world. Yeah, is we're possible. talking like ninth I'm gonna get grade. This. How old are you in ninth grade? Ninth grade. Let's see. Um, that would be like fifteen ish. Because graduated eighteen and twelfth grade. So let's just subtract from there. I just what I got from you is you looked at me like I was wrong. No, you know what you're getting. I, I put, know. I the, put my. I know the age of kids. I don't know the age of kids. I took a guess. No, I put my glasses on my forehead. And then I can't see you anymore, so now I'm squinting oh, oh, in order just... to see you. I should put them back on, like. Hey, when a you act, can, can we go back? To, when you act, like some of your tools, is the squinting tool is that a thing? I, don't people look more attractive when they squint a little bit, or like cooler, or have more presence? No, maybe cooler. I feel like that's why uh, you get Clint Eastwood doing that a lot. No, what's a good one? I heard a, I watched an acting class once. Really, I can't remember the actor's name, but he did a thing um, where he said, "When you got an extreme close up, extreme close up, don't blink. Just make sure to talk." Don't. Ken blink. Watanabe. Ken Watanabe does that. Yeah. He, Is it uh, Watanabe or Watanabe? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, you're probably right. Um, he did not blink the entirety of Batman Begins. You watch him in the background. The whole thing. Yeah. Isn't no it? matter where what the shot was, he didn't blink. He he didn't blink. How do you know? Did he talk about it or? Uh, it was in an interview. Um, but yeah, that was like a choice that he made. This is like he's just sitting in the background of most of those shots, right? Do you have you ever used utilized that? No, have you ever utilized <laughs> that yourself on set? Yeah, really. Yeah. Do you get really? Have you did you do you practice a lot? So when you get on set, you're not because I mean, if I were to do that now, it would be so like oh, I'm like yeah, self-conscious. so self-conscious that it's it like, would pull me out of what yeah, I'm trying to do. It's a lot easier to do when when you're doing small takes and you're just having a conversation like shot uh, reverse shot yeah you could be like okay no blinking but the but point yeah you should practice that well, if can you're we going say, to try to do yeah, it yeah and i'm sorry to cut you up but i didn't really mention the reason why is because when you blink when it's close see, um it wasn't sir ian mckellen it was some british actor i saw like, michael kane michael michael kane yeah <laughs> um he said that uh it pulls the viewer in more if you don't blink in an extreme close-up yes yeah, and it's and then he did. Your character it, can look. You can also utilize it to your advantage. If you blink a lot, you look weaker. Yes, yeah, yeah. You look strong. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something nobody would ever know. But but th- that said, like the real work and the craft of it, those little tools that yeah. people are watching, they don't know when they see Batman Begins and Michael Caine as a close up. All those little things add up to the difference between a professional production and an amateur production. Yeah, it's because you have people who are taking care with the quality of their work. Brando did a similar thing where he's continually denying the audience's eyes until he feels like it's right oh so he used techniques to make him less interesting and being looked at not less interesting so in like the godfather which Mm -hmm. have you seen the godfather no yeah so he's like he's constantly looking down and then finally when he needs to like make a serious point oh right he looks you ever do that yeah because i'm I'm not i'm just not that i mean you can but But the director fits I mean, well, the director could step in and be like, don't do that. Do you but also, also think Brando, like, like, had so much sway that he's like, you know, if you're a big actor, oh, well, a director's not going to tell you to, you're going to make a choice and... And you're just going to do it. But he would also be playing these, like, strong figures. Like, in Superman, he's Superman's dad. Yeah. So it's like, he's these big figures on screen, 
or he's a uh, if he's not a big figure, he's the so misunderstood bad boy. You got to be the the person he's... that people want to lean into. You got to be someone who's the one of the main characters to try to pull that shit off. Exactly. Yeah. What, what like you you're like I, you don't mind me I'm asking like, about this, even though we're talking about pet peeves, right? Because I really yeah. enjoy talking about this. Is, do you have any respect? Is there any um, obligation if you're not a lead or if it's not your show to not try to be really good in a scene or steal a scene? You should still try. Just like make sure that you're not going. You're not trying to steal a scene. You're just trying to do the best you can within that role. And what, I I use the term steal a scene. Maybe I meant like. What is your interpretation of that? I have term? a great example of that. It's in the movie Carrie 2, which I know like everyone has seen. Sure. And um, there's this one background actor who's a part of the posse of like bullies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or just, I forget if it's bullies, but he has one line in the entire movie. It's in response to somebody doing something that the other character feels like is not showing them a certain amount of respect. Mm-hmm. When he delivers his line, it's delivered the way he does it disrespected now was it meant to be like this guy's a jerk off i think so you're like you're not supposed to like the guy he dies shortly after that okay okay and um so maybe that but as a choice it's like you know like movies have specific tones yeah so it's like your character comes on and you're like a completely different tone because you're trying to be noticed and you're trying to get like seen you're chewing the scenery so to speak it's like, or just that that not, that doesn't belong in what we're watching. Exactly. Okay. Like you're not you're not acting as like a teammate at but that there, point. You're but, acting as like a me put me in the spotlight. But there is stealing a scene in a good way. Be like, oh, he stole the scene. Like you yeah. ever hear people say that? Like, oh, he was so exactly. good. Exactly. Like you nail the role in such a way that you know you just and again like putting in the work for that character, or coming up with something that works within. Because I mean, like you don't stand out then. Do you play a lead differently than you would guy at the gas station who has like three lines? No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, it should it should all be on the same level. Uh, there's an interview with I think it's Harrison Ford where they're talking about like, oh, man, you're such a great actor and this or whatever, and he's like, the best actor in here is that guy back there. And there's this dude who's like at a cash register just bagging stuff. Oh, but and, he's just, it just looks like he just belongs there and he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, exactly. He blends into the background. You don't realize <laughs> that that's just background talent. It's like, but he's not doing anything to try to be like, look yeah. at me bagging this. Like, I want to be able to see myself on the screen. He's like, I've accepted that I'm just the bagger. I have zero lines and I'm going to do my job. I once heard a story about uh, Billy Crystal being in a show. Okay. And they yelled cut and... The actor goes, too much to Billy Crystal, and Billy Crystal said, eh, it's not your show. Like, meaning you're pushing a little bit. Oh, interesting, yeah. So that that's where my head, that's why I asked that. But is that something different? Is that less about craft yeah, and more I, about, and that's literally about somebody being too big and just, like, trying to chew on the scenery. Yeah, like, okay. trying to, yeah, trying to be seen. It's just, like, just relax. It's, like, uh, it's, something, it's something that Tina Fey said uh, when hiring people. You want to hire somebody that you will work well with at like two o'clock in the morning when you're racing toward the deadline. Yeah, that's so. So true. it's like if you come when in, you're when you're not when you're in the worst situation, everybody's pissed off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you, you want to you want to know that this person that you're hiring is gonna be somebody who's not gonna be annoying the shit out of you, like somebody who's like coming into the interview like yo man you know i write the best jokes and i'm gonna do the best job here and you don't and understand like, like oh, i'm fuck right to... this guy's energy yeah it's yeah. like yeah imagine dealing with that guy at fucking 2 a.m 
Even if it's he was like, talented, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, it's yeah. like, come on. It's yeah. like, just admit that we're all tired. It's like, no, man, I'm not tired. I just did a bump of coat. I peed in a bottle, and, you know, yeah. I'm going to... Almost disingenuous. Yeah, it's like, I don't even need to apologize anymore because <laughs> I am that hot right now. I feel like, like you're thinking of a specific person as you're maybe. saying You see them all in your head. Yeah. I'm going to burn through a bunch. Uh, <laughs> notion, the notion of class is a pet peeve of mine. I know that's very meta, mm. and there's very valid arguments to, even in biology, like notions of class, but like our systems of class, like genus and species. But I do Oh, not... like scientific class, not like... Yeah, that, I guess that's... Di- okay, thanks for supporting my argument. That is different. That's and, totally different. But than... so I, I, notions of class in that like... Oh, you can't talk to the boss. You got to go through me, and I'm like, I have no yeah, respect hierarchy. for this structure or what system. About class and art. Oh, you mean like this is fine art? Yeah. But again, I, th- that is just different. <laughs> like, it's not good or bad. It's just like I can make personal subjective judgments. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe we're oh, on yeah. the same page as this. We're totally on the same page. I think it's because like, we both have no. It's, so, it's my lack of respect for authority because the notion yeah. is irrelevant. It's like I'm here to do my job and I'm a good person. Like you know, yeah, if you can't handle me, then that's your problem. I don't care where you are, how much you get paid, or what your job is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Shakespeare is my favorite example of that in terms of like high art versus like what it was originally intended for. Oh, it was—it wasn't intended to be uh, hoity-toity the way we think of it now, and yeah. Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah, exactly. It was—it was intended for everybody um, at the time, and basically, like Shakespeare would be writing for the MCU if it was around today. <laughs> Do you think that um, the notion of people who abide by class is less than when our parents were twenty? I feel like it's about the same. I feel like class is important to people the older they get. And my concern about systems of class isn't some more like, oh, it's a peeve. It's because of how it affects our society in a bad way. Like, oh, well, mm. he's he's an authority. He's studied. Oh, he's on TV. Have you seen this guy's resume? He knows what he's talking <laughs> about. Um, is it human nature to abide by a structure of class? Or do we create it and now we're all inherently following it? I mean, that's a great question. Uh, like ruling by divine right. Just like, oh, okay, well, God picked them, I guess, so they're the ruler, they're the king. Manifest destiny. Yeah, like that bullshit. Well, you could have that not class. We we even use the term lower class, higher class. Yeah. That means something. Not earth make the man. For me, it's kind of quintessential to my epistemology. Don't use big words on here. When you say, oh, they're lower class, we just say it in economics. Lower class people. Right. What you should say is lower income. Because when you say class, it denotes a lot about people yeah people think something well if you're low class and you yeah don't do x y and z you are inarticulate you're unintelligent yeah. you know or uneducated you know like oh if you're yeah. higher class you're affluent you have money you know like what it does is it reinforces that structure and i think that structure is just meant to benefit people on top i think the entire notion of class is to keep right. people down here thinking that they're low well i'm yeah. low i don't make a lot i'm low class no, we're all people. And believing that illusion is what keeps people who are rich being able to be expected to be paid more. And the thing is, I don't have any disrespect for people who genuinely are talented, good at what they do, experience. Right. But all that is class. Here's what isn't class, kindness. That has nothing to do with system of class, does it? So when we abide hmm. by I mean, systems good manners, of class, here's Rob on a rant. He's going. <laughs> when we abide by systems of class, it's a personal peeve. But really, what it is is yeah. it is like a belief of mine that I like wholeheartedly fight against it. Like it's uh, I get triggered. I get triggered by class. I can tell. You know what this is? This is not a pet peeve list. This is now devolved into evolved. It's a combination session slash um, improv TED talk. 
That's what this is at this point. <laughs> I like that. Well, let me, okay, so let me tell you about this fun mm-hmm. thing because it, it ties into class mm-hmm. and the idea of categorizing people in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of a person who worked on a team to create a computer program algorithm that will classify people based on their name, first and last. Okay. How does it classify them? Uh, by race, by age, income, uh-huh. etc. Okay. And their That's idea cool. is that employers can use this. So mm. you can just look at the resume, just scan the name. You don't even need to read the resume. And kind of it's tell, like, like, where the... We're not even using implicit bias. We're just straight up using bias, like... Right? Yeah. And they said, well, this is a good thing. <laughs> their defense is like, well, I mean, like, you could type your name in and then it would know, like, your ethnicity and give you accurate makeup. Forget all the other ways people can use this technology to outwardly discriminate somebody based yeah. on their name. I mean, it's it's certain because you don't even need that to find out what makeup you want. You could just... You could just look down. Something. I mean, that's... A, I don't want to get into a conversation about hiring, but that is an yeah. interesting... But that's yeah, because very... certain people have... You're, you're Dom, Domenico. You're Italian. Then right. They take the whole history of, okay, where do you live? You live in America. Okay, well, the whole history of Italians in America. Yeah, but then you could take the last name and basically punch it into something like Ancestry.com and see, like, well, Luongo's throughout the history of the world. Where do they oh. stand in terms of class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what kind of jobs do they hold? How do they contribute to society? This is like the poop thing again. Can you imagine oh, if they yeah. found out your name and had your poop? God, I'd be done. They would literally have your social be security canceled. number. <laughs> You'd be canceled. <laughs> I hate people who talk about being canceled. Like, who use that term. Not, not to pick like on you. Like, as a joke? or like No, seriously. Who... You can't say anything anymore. Whatever. I've oh, written God. blogs about it. Go to IamNotTheNews.com. It's where I fart out sanctimonious bullshit. You can just listen to it. You don't even have to read Oh, you it. can listen to it. Yeah, exactly. How many more do you have? Do rapid fire? Rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. A lack of humility. Yes. People trying to teach me stuff, uh, how to do things without me asking. Uh, mansplaining? Yeah, mansplaining. Hmm. That, no, but let's be clear, because mansplaining people like to pick on. That doesn't mean explaining things if you're a man, right? Mansplaining means it's like toxic masculinity is not what masculinity is. It's essentially getting at when somebody goes out of their way to be aggressive and direct and yes. self-centered and have not a lot of respect. So I, I yeah. guess that is mansplaining. It's asserting but, dominance is essentially what it is. But the thing is, is people who do it don't know that that's what they're doing. That's just like, do you have anyone in your life who goes out of your way and be like, you know what you should do or give you advice? or My dad? But you can talk to him about other things, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, dads are kind of like the figure where... Yeah, it's right? like you need... But I mean, like a lot of times... Like, well, okay, so... Uh, I have a next door neighbor who, uh, after we moved into our new neighborhood, kind of like came out to tell me like, garbage day is this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I didn't ask, but he felt the need to like, give me kind of like the lay of the land. That exemplifies the last two things I said, lack of humility and explaining things. Have a moment where you demonstrate humility that you're capable of being humble. Like you could be like, um, uh, can you give me that? Or, hey, I'm, I'm busy. I appreciate it. If you, like, just a moment before I get the same thing where I remind us both that right. I'm not in charge, that you don't work for me. I don't know why that's a, that's a peeve of mine. I don't know that why. Is, that's it. interesting because I didn't, like, I appreciated him doing that because I would have had to look that stuff up. And how did it go down? This guy, when you when you're in the neighborhood and he introduced himself and wanted to start telling you shit about the neighborhood that you didn't ask for. Oh, well, first he opened with a joke. Can't barbecue on Thursdays. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he didn't come over as like, I'm the authority of the neighborhood. He first cracked a joke. He's like, hey, are you sick of moving yet? Because we've been moving slowly, mm-hmm. like bringing a couple of boxes throughout the course of the week while I was going there. To so he like saw like... you earlier? And the... Yeah. Yeah. So then like after that's the introduction. 
I uh, can't remember if he actually asked anything like. So he showed you he's a person though already prior to that. Like, hey, yeah. sick of He's trying to like, hey, just just reaching out as a human being, being like, hey, kind of exactly. You know, stupid so joke. It's, it's totally different than being like, listen here, garbage has got to be out on. It's like, whoa, who the hell are you? We don't. Yeah, I just want to let you know. So moving into your base. If you guys got pets, it's not gonna fly. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the home authority people who like send out a letter. It's like you're mm. not allowed to do this anymore, and it's like. Authority. Does that bother you? That's yeah. a problem is authority. It's a, it's a gain and loss psychology. It's like when somebody's trying to exact authority on somebody and they haven't shown or exhibited reason for them having that authority, yeah. you're going to get kicked back. I think we're really on to something here because do you think that that's something that happens all the time with all kinds of interactions mm-hmm. that could be improved upon that like start lots of pissed off arguments and angers like peeves on people if somebody is studied and intelligent oh, on a yes. specific subject if yeah. i was obsessed with art my whole life okay right. history if i pretty much say like i fucking know everything about art but if i came yeah. in to you and i was like well that's because blah that's too smart of me but if i was like <laughs> oh that is that really we want and if i just started doing it without any a bit of hey look i i i really like art i don't mean to you know give me a moment where you can, yeah. my animal brain isn't thinking, oh, this person's up here. <laughs> and that's that's something that I think needs to go in a way in our society. And I think it all comes down to humility. You can be a fucking badass who knows what they're fucking doing and ask people to do things, tell people to do things for you. But if you don't establish that you're not a prick, <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly anymore in our society. People aren't going to put up with that shit. <laughs> oh, he's so talented, but he's so hard to work with. I hate that. I don't think it's real. Because if somebody is an asshole, we don't know who they are. They don't work. It doesn't matter how... Unless they're on the spectrum. And it's like, well, then it's not... Personality goes a long way, to quote Pulp Fiction. Do you think people who establish themselves are well-paid, are wanted, get all kinds of opportunities, work? Like, there's a propensity to be a dick? I feel like there's the groundwork already has to be there. Look at the guy uh, who... Uh, did, I, did we talk about Overnight? Uh, the guy who made Boondock Saints? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Okay, yeah. 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 That's a great example of somebody yeah. who, like, the groundwork is kind of already You're there. You're right. He you... wanted somebody to tell him that he was that great and bulletproof, and then he... Yeah, because, I mean, look at, like, someone like William Fichtner. I mean, the guy's the nicest person in the world, and he's yeah. working constantly, has great screen presence, knows everyone. Yeah. That's BDE right there, not using it, not, like, throwing it around. So, the point is, and this I'm is not my original point. that's even point. a thing. BDE? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go. I want to talk about it. LDE? Just... <laughs> How about MDE? <laughs> ADE, average dick energy. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was average dick energy. It was fine party. Um, political identity, what are you? That goes with class. I'm going to categorize yeah. it under class. It's yeah. like, we, we, we need to find... A, I need to know a way to categorize you in my mind, because the... Uh, is it a human, natural human trait? It's a, it's a natural human trait. Okay. Yeah, now we're fucked. Well, because <laughs> we don't have the brain capacity to look at something as its pieces. We need to lump something in as a whole. And you learn to not have to. Yeah, you learn to at you least... think it's better to not have to? I think no, uh, because you go it's a, it's that U shaped curve or bell curve, depending on which way you want to huh. look at the graph. Explain where it's that. like if you're okay, so if you're on this end of the the bell curve, mm-hmm. the the far end, where you just look at everything as its whole and none of the pieces, mm-hmm. then you're only ever painting in broad strokes. You'll never understand something like that's a computer, and if it doesn't work for whatever reason, you're going to throw it out and get another one. Yeah, it doesn't work. Where that's all like, there is to it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like. If you learned like a little bit about it, you could have found that you know you they just ran out of battery. What's the other end of the bell curve? The other end of the bell curve. There's this uh, example of this. I can't remember the guy's name, but he had a brain injury and he ended up seeing everything only in pieces. Hmm. And he worked in like letters uh, like on a, a page instead of words. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So he lost the ability to like everything group, was a group piece. things back together. Keyboards. They're just, just keys. Pieces. Okay. Yeah. 
interesting. like that's the other end of the bell curve. So, it's but, like, but but that that would literally be brain damage. So that's that like, is lit- yeah, literally brain damage. I don't know if you could teach yourself to be that, but you can get incapacitated. Like let's say you're in a fast-paced scenario, you're on a film set, you're in a battlefield, you're on a soccer field. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be on the other end of the bell curve. You need to paint in quick, broad strokes, make snap judgments, firefighters even. You need to be able to go make a decision and go with it. You can't sit there and like pick it apart. So, but do you think it benefits people to be able to have that skill of not saying like, all right, well, this is just what it is versus like, all right, well, let's sit and talk about that. Instead of like, nope, it is what it is. Moving on, going to get brunch. (laughs) I see it as a human weakness. Is it wrong for me to think that? Is that too judgmental? I I feel like there's there's a time and a place for it. You can't say whether or not it's good or bad. Hmm. Just when it's being applied. Is it a belief or do you know if it's inherently human to categorize? Like, is oh, that what a human brain does? Yes. Oh, by a pattern yeah, recognition. We will, yeah, like exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, tropes and sayings. Working hard or hardly working? You know, like oh, that. I just found out what those are called. Yeah, a colloquialism? There, there's that, but there's... That's um, not really what it there's is. There's a... Ah, crap. Tropey jokes that aren't really jokes. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to have to think. I want to be able to participate in a conversation and just rely on non-joke jokes. Or those people, like, that's just where they operate. They're lame, they're unoriginal, and that's just how they want to go through life and basic, and they're not creative, and they don't really want to... They don't want to critically think about anything. They don't want to recognize the fact that they'll die one day and that they're just kind of, like, wasting time riding a roller coaster of somebody else's devising. I love that I'm going to die someday. Here's why. I'm not just being cute. Because right now matters, Dom. I'm alive. This matters. When I'm dead, it's over. So this is valuable. Knowing that I'm going to die is fucking awesome. Also, because I don't have to put up with this shit anymore. Everyone's saying I'm going to die. I don't want it to be painful. But you know what the great thing about being dead is? You don't have to worry about being dead because you're fucking dead. Your brain doesn't work anymore. Your heart isn't beating. That's one of my... Things (laughs) things that make you happy. Things that spark joy. Show me things that spark joy! What's her her name? The the Maria whoever? Menudos? Bamford? <laughs> they would think of the wrong person. The, the, the person who's like, hold it, and if it sparks joy, keep oh, it, and if it doesn't, throw it away. I, I, yeah, Marie the, Kondo. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let me read this, though. At uh, Colin Dickey uh, tweeted this, mm-hmm. and then I retweeted it so I could pull it up when we brought it up on the podcast, because okay. I can tell the future. Great. Uh, learned yesterday that there's a term for phrases like, it is what it is, mm-hmm. it's in God's hands, YOLO, etc. Mm-hmm. Things meant to short-circuit cognitive dissonance and end a discussion. They're called thought-terminating cliches. Uh, that's so up its own ass. You would love that. Thought-terminating cliche. Well, that's the thing. Is like, But that's not what it's really called. I've never heard that before. He came up with that. As, no. He posited that. as He's submitting that to the world. No, as something he's saying that he, he, he found out that phrases like that are referred to in psychology as thought-terminating cliche. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, oh, so. really? It's a real thing. Yeah, so it's like, well, I mean, like, people have names for everything, so it's like, I guess, he, I'm saying, like, I don't think Colin Dickey came up with it's it. It's valid. He oh, saw somebody else drew the term up, and it struck a chord with him, and with me, apparently. Thought terminating cliche, I like that, because it, it, yes. when you say YOLO, what that meant is, like, there's nothing to it say is, to though. No, when I say YOLO, which I say all the time, I love yeah, it. Yeah, you don't want to think about it, you just want to do it. No, when I say YOLO, it doesn't mean, it's like, you don't say anything to YOLO. It's an ending thing. Is that kind of what he means? Yes. Okay, but I think that what's di- when when people say working hard or hardly working, you know, like that kind of, like those jokes, that's not, I'll that's just that boring is. small talk. 
It is. And boring small talk is a thought terminating cliche. The idea of not actually genuinely asking somebody because some people laugh at that doing. Some people laugh at working hard or hardly working still. Some people are like, huh, huh, or like they're on an elevator and they're like, yeah, Yeah, because it's okay, even though we've heard a thousand times. Why do we do that? We've been trained by sitcoms to laugh at punchlines. Be boring. It's more original and interesting than saying shit that you think should fill some space. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. Yeah, it is fucking interesting because I'm I still think it's a thought terminating cliche. It might be thought terminating, but I think that I was referring more to punny dad jokes. But there are people, I would say a good 50% of people at least aren't doing it by and winking at it. They're doing it for real. It's just a part of their life. Interesting. Um, here's okay. I'm almost done here. So I said tropes. Um, I don't want to get into a thing about this, but um, white people who are afraid to talk about race and think that talking about race isn't somehow racist or an attack on them. But don't. I'm, don't that's a whole thing for me. Um, and then lastly, people my age posting about the '90s on social media, like, hey, if you know what this is, then you're you know what the night you're a '90s kid, or show that you're a '90s kid by posting an answer to the quiz. Just you're old. Accept it and move on. You're fucking boring. Like it was funny the first week i saw it but now it's like i just put the phone down it's not go new. outside and you're gonna die i know it's not new what i'm yeah. saying is it, and that's just, tropey it's yeah. the same idea it's tropey yeah, and it's just diners. like unfunny people thinking they're funny because memes exist that you share yeah yeah you're sharing yeah. something that you found we're and... secretly we're secretly sad that we were realizing we old right we're all old together no you're old alone fucking deal with that <laughs> shit by yourself i'm off doing stuff that's my attitude toward it and i'm probably you know like i've participated in that hey what are your favorite 90s video games and i'm like this is a fun nostalgic romp Mm. but on the same time it pisses me off and maybe it's more of like a general i'm pissed off at social media i like to be reminded that you're old (laughs) no i just think it's unoriginal i I, i'm i am whatever age i am i just think like when people post that shit it gets back to the trope thing it's working hard or hardly working for social media yeah i I would agree with that just because you can post doesn't mean it's worth it. but there is i feel like a human element to sharing memes of that degree and i'll tell you i'll I'll tell you why those people aren't for me those are middle age that's the that's middle-aged white woman energy (laughs) tell me tell me you're this without telling me you're this it's like well you asked so you already know you just want attention yeah Mm -hmm. uh so there is something that i learned recently i'm uh, reading a book called thinking fast and slow and they, uh, sorry, no, this may have been in David and Goliath. I read too many books at once to keep them straight. I like that but, title, Thinking Fast and Slow. Right? It's a very good book, and it's very long. I've had to check it out of the library twice. Hmm. Uh, so they're, uh, they didn't do a study. They just looked at population and suicide rates. And there are countries that are perceived as happy, you know, like Canada, Sweden, et cetera. Yeah, and there's yeah, unhappy for... countries, mm-hmm. like Poland, Singapore. Poland's um, unhappy. They're under clouds a lot. I don't know. I don't... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a Polak, I figure they're dumb and happy. Like, endurance is bliss. <laughs> I'm Polish, so I could say that. Um, so Those are my people. They're for me. Happy country or sad country? <laughs> Which one do you think has the, the most amount of suicides? Happy country. Why do you think that is? Um, because they have everything. They realize that with all this happiness, how can I still be unhappy? So they're like... There's nowhere to go from here. I've got everything. There's nothing to fight for or build for. Fuck this. I'm out. You're very close. Okay. The only missing ingredient to what you're uh, describing is that they perceive everybody else as being happy. So what's wrong with them? They're isolated. They're alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when people reach out like that in media saying like, I am aging. Does anybody else remember the 90s? And like they get like 10 likes. They don't feel alone anymore. But yeah. the problem is that, like, the mirror that they're looking in, uh, so social I'm, kill- media... I'm getting people to kill themselves. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, shut up! <laughs> yeah, accept your death. 
I will accept it. <laughs> Slit down the left arm. Yeah. Live tweet your suicide so I can like it. <laughs> but like social media like edits out like so much downtime that like we only ever see highlights and it yeah. unfortunately perpetuates the behavior that then causes them to reach back out. So they're using the tool that's making them feel alone and like their lives aren't up to snuff with everybody else's mm. to then reach out again to say like, hey, does anybody else it's feel tool, this it, way? And indulging that is the problem. Yeah, and they end up in like How could we do that? Like, what, what, what should we share to fight this? Like if you share beautiful pictures of you at the beach, what, what should we start sharing? Out of focus pictures where you're blinking? Yeah, that are like, share like mundane stuff. That's great. I fucking I would love that if, if people just start sh- like a picture of a shoe, right? Like, okay, let's see. Like, <laughs> that's the I'm blinking. You're out of focus. I'm sharing that on social right now. Okay, great. This is this is how Dom says we'll save the world. Yeah, exactly. or at least some people's emotions who like don't keep it ever present in their head that like social media is not accurate. Yeah, exa- that's true. But I think there's another point where we have to evolve past it. And I know mm. Bo Burnham's uh, most recent special was about depression and the internet and kind of like confronting. I think the next yeah. evolution is literally trolling social media itself and not the people on social media, trolling the notion of it. So like, I think mm. what we just came up with is a good idea. Hey, social media, you're supposed to post on Instagram like sharpness, sharpness up just a little bit and a little bit of a fade and edge blur. That, that, look at that's good people's attention what i want to share is just shit to fill it up with junk that nobody's gonna want to see you know what i'm saying just ruin yeah. it just ruin it by filling it with shit i don't know it's but like, i'm gonna post this right now do you instagram yeah why do you instagram because you enjoy it or you know that's the place because uh, i have a terrible memory and i need to be able to check certain dates yeah. all right i just tweeted it too just a picture of you and i <laughs> people are like did you know what this is gonna be the picture's so bad not a focus and motion blurred People are going to be like, I think you posted this by accident. And that's an interesting reaction. Why do we hate each other, you and I, on social media? Do you hate me on social media? I don't think you hate me. I hate you on social Dude. media. I treat you on social media like a way that I would treat someone I just straight up don't like. Yeah. But I love you. You're one of my favorite people. Likewise. But why, why, but why does like, that happen? I, okay, so because I, you have a business and you have to like run it like a real thing. You have to like, all right, I'm trying to actually like, get people to come to my business. <laughs> well, no, because like I'll purposely troll you. I'll be like, this, oh, yeah. this motherfucker's posting bullshit again. Yeah, I post serious stuff. What? Oh, we're in a basement. So when people flush the toilet, water. Do you have that going through yours? They don't have a separate one for their? No. It's an upstairs, downstairs. You know, I'll tell you one thing. I work out and meditate down here. I just realized, thought about for the first time ever, what's actually passing through those tubes. Yeah. But when I meditate and somebody's upstairs and they flush the toilet, it is the most relaxed. I feel like it's a babbling brook. I love it. I'm so happy <laughs> to the point you where... think about the fact that there's like a turd floating above Doesn't matter. Head. <laughs> I'm just hearing the sound. <laughs> to the point where when I build a house someday or when I move, I'm going to purposely put a down tube from like everything, from all the poop right near where I meditate. Why don't you just build a regular one just of constantly flowing water, like a closer... I don't know. I want to leave it up to the universe. I want to observe and notice. Do you, do you meditate? Yeah. What Do you use Sam Harris? Uh, no, I'll just sit there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What, how long have you known it for? Uh, since I saw Splinter doing it in, like, Turtles. Like, Turtles 1, 2? I love that answer. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I just want to love it. I don't want to move on. <laughs> um, so you meditate. Yeah. Do you find it useful? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why? You're sitting there quiet. I have a very loud mind. Um, it's just constantly, constantly going rapid fire. It's very helpful. Racing fast. Uh, it depends on what I'm chewing through. Okay. 
So, like, if there's a topic where I'm just like, why the hell did that happen? Then I need to, like, sit there on that topic and, like, remove layer by layer by layer. Your mind's a fire just, like, roaring. Yeah. So it's like... Even if you're calm on the outside or you don't... Because you don't seem like... I'm quite obviously quick and (laughs) manic. Yeah, Yeah. manic. (laughs) Um, Most of the days, you stay up late, do you have trouble sleeping? Right. Oh yeah, I'll go to so, bed at like four o'clock in the morning. Do you ha- is it because it's Depends your schedule, or do you think it's related to the way that your brain functions, kind of the speed or what you're chewing through, the the amount of mass that you have to burn through in your brain? Uh, see, I don't know because it. Hmm. And this is going this is going long, but it's this is, <laughs> like, I, honestly I think this four is hour one, long podcast. I, this is one of my this is my favorite podcast we've done so far. I think it's been the most honest. Um, so I'll just Sweet. post it. But oh you, yeah, so that might be my schedule. But there will be things where I'll just be laying there like in the dark and be like. Mm, this that the other and just like i also know that like you can't you can't coming. you can't notice the thought <laughs> like, and let it go i have to actively try to do that I have oh to yeah, be like, yeah. Let's, I mean, let's think about but this it's not tomorrow. easy to let it go it, it comes back yeah okay and it's like well it's like i'll just sit here and it's like well, why don't you think about it till you fall asleep and i'm like oh. i can't do that like you'll just fall asleep naturally don't worry about oh, it you have a, like, you you have a you you have someone that talks to you it depends on the thoughts. Yeah, like I really? will have. Yeah, so yes. Um, sometimes it's just me thinking about it. Sometimes it's a banter back and forth between oh, what is essentially that explains uh, manifestation the manifestation of myself. Bob. Are you doing that all the time? Do you do that a lot? Are you talking? Are you questioning and then and then kind of talking to uh, something that's kind of questioning you or saying like maybe not like a lot? Are you kind of having an inner oh, dialogue? Oh yeah. Then there's like there's really a, there's a gallery of people. I have the council, the gallery. The other version of myself. And Can you then just, see these people? Uh, or you, room. It's just kind of going on. You, you you don't really hear it, hear it, but it's it's happening. You're talking. I try to picture the council because facial expressions are very valuable. Oh, I, would so love, it's like... I would love pictures of this if you could draw them. <laughs> yeah, just picture the Knights of the Round Table type room. Or you know what? Describe and it, and like... I'll have fi- I'll do a fiver for you, and I'll ma- I'll, I'll I'll mail it to you. <laughs> so like okay so like michael kane um mm-hmm. my father um what i imagined my grandfather was like even though i never met the dude um are these different aspects people. of your personality or you're no. saying you talk to them no like you I talk have, to michael kane no i have like a manifestation of what i think this person's personality is like oh, okay. and my brain reassembles that as almost like a, a oh so you talk to people algor- you, you kind of you kind of do a play run through talking to people who aren't there who you know about yeah. Have like you ever talked to me when I'm not there? Um, is it just how your brain functions? It's it's something. It's, it's like just yeah, it's just how my brain functions. State? Like a default state. Like I also use a thought experiment about whether or not, like how I dodge the question of whether or not I talk to you. Something I've actively tried to do is instead of sharing something now to social media to tie it into the way, way my brain works, I have been trying to just make what would have been a social media post and send it directly to the person I feel like. I feel like everybody does that just for arguments, but I also try to think about that in terms oh, of like, arguments humor. Especially, yeah. yeah. Who hasn't yeah. argued with someone who's not yeah. there? Because you're trying to sharpen the blade, so like when you go back into the argument, you yeah. feel like you've anticipated it's how a they're going to respond, you and then you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and then like I have a response for that, but then they zig when you think they're going to zag. So, so one of the things is I'm like, I know Rob is going to be able to hold me accountable if I send him pictures of me either post workout or working out. So. Instead of making that a social media post, which I used to do, if you look at my Instagram, I was keeping track I, of me it. Me too. Was like, and I was like, Nike Fit Club, get at it. What I was really doing <laughs> is saying, hey, internet, I worked out, or hey, world, I worked out, so I don't have to do it again soon. Right? Yeah. That's me. Like, if I see least. that a couple more times, my brain registers it as that number rather than the amount of times I've worked out, Yeah, uh, which is a different 
subset of psychology. Well, there could be a number like, of reasons why people share working out pictures, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget if I finished the sentence, but, like, one other thing, uh, thought experiment I do is I try to imagine myself as, like, a movie that an audience is watching, and if I'm about to make a decision, are they going to be so like, oh, don't do that. That's so interesting. Right? Because, can I say, I don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have definitely done, I don't know why I do, but caught myself when I find myself arguing with someone who's not there in my head. But my concern for you is that if you can't choose, you can be kind of a recluse and you can kind of um, have unhealthy imagination, isolating, and that's reality when it really isn't reality, like conversations you have in your head or the movie idea. The problem with that is, is like that can be, and I know you wouldn't be, you're not like this, but lead people down the path of like, oh, I'm susceptible to... The world is happening to me. If you didn't have humility, that could be a dangerous line of thought. Oh, the the world is imposing it on itself. I'm a victim. Or like, oh, I've already thought about this stuff. I think about this stuff all the time. I do thought experiments. I don't need anyone. I'm arrogant. And I could it would maybe pull you away. Those would be my fears when you're telling me yeah. about your thought process. And, and the only reason I bring it up or feel that I can is because we're talking about meditation. And I think yes. meditation, for me at least, and if you do Sam Harris, we're on the same page, is all about noticing. That's what he says. It's not about judging anything you do. It's about noticing. Like why I love the water running down the shit tube in yeah. my basement <laughs> is because I'm noticing it. And there's something about for own for your own health is being able to be like, can I put it down? Can I recognize that I'm angry? That's a lifelong work. But being able to get better at that, I feel, and this has gone on for four and a half hours. This is rough. <laughs> being able to get better at that is like why I find the value of meditation. But I don't know if you answered yes. my question. So what, in comparison to everything you just described by your brain works, do you like doing Sam Harris? Do you like guided? Or are you so used to doing it on your own? Where are you with I'm that? used to doing it on my own uh, at this point. Waking uh, Up uh, app, a... by the way, we're talking about Sam Harris. Check it out. Awesome meditation yeah. app. Yeah. Uh, so I have a very specific, uh, every Monday I set aside 26 minutes and 9 seconds. Of what? Oh, that's, you do the timer? Every Monday. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, once a week. I spend that specific Ooh, amount of time. Let's compare. Okay. Open up Waking Up. I don't have it on my phone right now. Oh. I had to make space for my Kindle app. Dom, can I buy you a phone? <laughs> We're going to do meditation. <laughs> no, no. What I wanted to do is I wanted to go in the Waking Up app. You can go to this where you can say, it says how many mindful minutes you spent. And I wanted to compare who's more mindful. This would be a great arrogant. I do yeah. more meditation than you do. Well, when we do the uh, life comparison to see who's further ahead. If we ever try to see who's who's doing better in life. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I appreciate like, the conversation because like, <laughs> saying you meditate is like the cool thing, I think. And the amount of... Is people, it? I feel I like it's so. still seen as new agey, like breath work. No, I think like self-care and um, yoga and people say they meditate when they don't. And for someone who I wouldn't mm. lie to me, yeah, people want to come off as like, I'm very self-reflective and enlightened and I do a lot of work. Oh, well, yeah, because that goes back in. Meditation goes along like, with that. What I'm saying yeah. is it would glom onto that. I liked Bo Berman's joke about that. Do like, you meditate? I'm sure if you ask anyone that, the majority of people who say they meditate like, don't well, meditate. Well, yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. What um, was Bo Berman's joke? He had that thing about like, I'm saying this because I want to be seen as intelligent and a uh, worthwhile human being. Oh, when he does the, when he does that, he watches his um, self. And then he, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, but that's a great example yeah. of that in action. Because he's taught comedy um, on that. Yeah. I mean, it's somehow legal, barely people, unpaid. <laughs> into, dude, I have, I have listened that album on Spotify. That's for me. <laughs> Bo Burnham's for me. No one else. No one else gets Bo Burnham like I do. <laughs> it's funny to see him reach this point 
in his career yeah. in um because i mean like we've we've seen other people in the past reach the same point usually in around like the same time so his, like a look his back process, on a piece of shit what am i what does my future hold well like, very self-reflective yeah, yeah very self-reflective the person who's like i was i kind of like came into being as a funny person and now i don't feel funny i am sorry mr berman for comparing you to this person however Berman's, we saw that Berman's happen a listener, so yeah uh it, it's not berman also it's burnham Burnham, sorry, I'm getting your name wrong, and I am. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to him. I'm apologizing to him. He's listening. I don't believe it. Cut. One more from the top. All right, speed. Tom, whenever you're ready. Apology to both. Burnham. <laughs> it's over. Go. What were we talking about? You're talking about. We him, saw though. this happen with yeah, like Woody yeah. Allen. We okay. saw this happen with yeah. Ben Stiller. Yeah. We saw this happen. I mean, I like the Woody with... Allen example better than Ben Stiller. We don't need more examples. It's fine. Yeah, we, we see that. Does your come... point the examples? We saw this happen with George Carlin. There's a, there's a better example. Like where they're like, I, this is my medium, but it's like I don't feel funny. I want to talk about some more serious I started, stuff. I started on a more commercial, but now I'm like, I want to be the real me. I don't give a fuck. That's yeah. What, I love Carlin, so yeah, that's my attitude. Yeah, so the like Carlin's a, a great example of it. It's like I don't feel like making you Carlin's laugh. Funny. I feel like now that I have your attention, I want to fucking talk to you about some real shit, and I want you to listen. That reminds um, me of the sock puppet thing with Bo Burnham when he's like, are you fucking listening, dude? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. So he's processing, and again, like, he's processing very real feelings and emotions mm-hmm. um, throughout it. And that's what I like about it. Watching people talk about it as if it's a revelation. I do love it, though. I've recommended to people's comments about no, it. No, 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 like, no. Oh, I, don't, okay. I don't give a fuck about reading what people thought about Bo Burnham's special. In my opinion, it's a successful and funny and interesting piece of work. And so I've recommended. I recommended it to you, didn't I? I don't. I don't know if you saw it prior. I watched it the day it came out. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, because I, I love his stuff. So yeah, just like the he's second it comes unique. out, I'm like, Sarah, we're watching this. Yeah, he's a very unique voice. But yeah, I have no interest in people on the internet talking about. It's like, hey, talk about how interesting Rick and Morty is. I'm like, I don't give oh a fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, but the, the hmm, yeah. And that said, Definitely. I fucking love Rick and Morty. But and, yeah, but it's... Dan Harmon. But it's like. I feel like I can't talk about the Pickle Rick episode without being like, oh, why don't you go to Spencer's Gifts and spend $50 on a, stuff, <laughs> on a plush pickle? Or you're that guy. Why don't you get a Rick Sanchez tattoo I on identify so hard with it. Yeah, that that's for it. me. This episode, well, like, this episode is called, what did you call like, it? You made this for me you or made something this for me. like that. Yeah. Like, this was made for me. I don't yeah. know. I feel seen, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I don't know if that's what you need to talk about. I feel like this yeah, stuff Yeah, just appreciate how much it, work like, he did and like how much you connect to what he made. Yeah. It doesn't have to be... He's so brilliant. Talking about the process drives me nuts. It's like, I want to talk about the ideas in the thing, or tell me about, like, what made you laugh, but, like... But it's fun. No, what, no, what, here's the problem with us. Here's my pet peeve about both of us. In a lot of ways... we're, like, young versions of the two Muppets from... Sarah and Walder? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier than to uh. evolve into that. Is that, at some point, we're too cool for the idea of being too cool. What? Like, like you can only totally process it in that moment. I asked what we know where to go. We're we're interesting and worthwhile forms of entertainment and things to consume are, hmm. but then to try to connect with people over it seems uncouth. Like if we were to do a podcast where I talked about we talked about the okay, burn so yeah. special for three hours. Yeah, why would we not do that? Because I feel like we would, but we would do it in a different way. I'm but a here's snob the in the no, way here, in which here's people why we want to connect. Here's why we wouldn't do it. Because then we are a part of what we hate, which is how everyone wants to, and we feel uniquely different. Do you know? Like I'm describing something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like 
I hate Rick and Morty people, but I fucking love Rick and. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's but why? A, why do I? But I'm a Rick and Morty person, then, right? Tell me about myself, unless you're capable, because we both have the same affliction. Why do I love and rewatch Rick and Morty in my basement in my underwear? But I would never want to call myself a Rick and Morty person. I would never want to get a Rick and Morty tattoo, Rick and Morty T-shirt. I wouldn't want to let people know I'm a Rick and Morty person. I love Rick and Morty. I'm a, I'm almost like ashamed to say it. Is it yeah. because the culture around it is its own thing? Like the Bo Burnham special. Yes. I can watch um, it and love it. And that's a solitary experience. But the culture around the Bo Burnham special. Yeah. Why do we hate that? I, well, okay. I'm just stabbing in the dark here. Do there's it. A, We're figuring ourselves out. Yeah. There's a sense of being perceived as part of that tribe. And you don't feel a kinship with the tribe and the way they act. The people who are going to McDonald's demanding that sauce. And somehow that's a badge of honor. Oh, such one sauce? Show, for, yeah. Okay, like okay, to yeah. show like, well, I'm a bigger Rick and Morty fan Because then it becomes it's like, and a religion. It's about class. Now it's yes. about religion. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a bigger fan of this than you are. And I'm better at being the fan Yeah, it's like demonstrating you your cultthood. Yeah. And it's whereas, like, it, whereas, like, if we like something, we just want to sit and watch it. Exactly. I don't want to be a part of some of a group of people. But yeah, why? We're not Trekkies. But why is it that if you no, like Bo Burnham and I like Bo Burnham special, and maybe some of those same people, I could talk about how great it is. But at the same time, yeah. like, I mean, somebody who's what? older than him who watched the special and they're like, "What a revelation that piece of work was." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, it's more of a, a work of art, really, when you think about it, because it was such a unique take and such a troubled artist. I think you said it best. A revelation. He he was able to personify what Shakespeare uh, once wrote. What is man but a lonely fight with death screaming in the darkness? Beautiful, and we're going to have to end it there. This has been the 3 a.m. NPR show that both Dom and I host. Thank you so much for stopping by. Domenico Lungo, where can, where can people find your new book? Uh, at the Never Stop Speaking in Hushed Tones bookshop. Wonderful, great. We're so liberal and so ashamed of our whiteness. Take care. <laughs> Here's why I love this one because I feel like we have yet to seriously capture the uh, pet beefs. No, 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 no. We have yet in a podcast to be able to as authentically capture what would happen between us if these mics weren't on. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, it feels like a genuine conversation. Feels like it's getting there, yeah. So for you, it's not, and that's okay. If it, it might is feel for like me, a mathematical you. limit where it's always approaching zero, but it never gets to zero hmm. because the mics are on. We're never not going to know that the mics aren't on. Hmm. What is that? A meteor? <laughs> 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 <laughs>